Hey, uh, thanks for listening to the Nick and Big J podcast. We appreciate it. And you know what? It's brought to you by The Advocates. If you've been in an accident, well, call The Advocates. 208-471-4444. Hey, good morning, everybody. It is the morning after with Nick and Big J. Welcome. Welcome to Wednesday, the ninth day of March 2022. My name would be Nick. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Big J. Ta-da! Uh, that's his new catchphrase. He'll be using it throughout the show. Uh, I believe it's uh, handed down from all the magicians that, in your family, no, right? That doesn't make sense. Why Wait. would that be my catchphrase? I don't know. You said it. I know. I was just saying, ta-da, here I am. But uh, it would be a great catchphrase, just for the record. Because if we're being honest, Big J, most catchphrases don't make a whole hell of a lot of sense. They're just something that is repeated ad nauseum until it becomes uh, basically routine. You're right. So you can make anything your catchphrase. Uh, stick with horse crap. Okay. I, I don't invoke it very often. I believe you have lost the rights to that being your catchphrase. No, no. Not when people still ask me to say it. <laughs> like every now and then somebody will pull that back. Remember yeah. when you say horse crap? Dance, monkey dance, right? Yeah. I've been doing that for a long time on the radio. And sure enough, you, you, you usually let them have Listen, it, don't you? you know what? I'm okay with that. I'm okay with being a monkey on a stick. Uh, We're right into references that only I understand. But uh, right away, we're having ourselves a good Wednesday, and it's going to get better. Big J has a movie review for you. Uh, He was last seen in Idaho, as was the movie, so we are going to get a review of that. I took notes. Oh, man. Nice. We also have a chance... (laughs) To have you go check out Monster Jam this uh, Friday evening. There are three shows happening this weekend at the Ford Idaho Center Arena. We got your Friday night 7 o'clock show tickets taken care of. With a tip of the cap from us, we'll give you a couple of chances to win those over the course of the show today. That should be fun and exciting. And we got all sorts of crazy sports news that happened yesterday. And all sorts of other fun and excitement on the agenda for your Wednesday. That's the table. It has been set. We should get started with some music. Let's kick things off with some Nine Inch Nails. It's Head Like a Hole here on The Morning After on the X-Rocks. On The Morning After with Nick and Big J. Well, Big J, I suppose we could talk about the literal monstrous stuff happening in the Idaho legislature right now, but why don't we focus on the positive? What do you say? There's some. There is a little bit. Uh, Yesterday was election day, as we talked about around this time yesterday. And listen, got to give credit where credit is due. There were a bunch of educational levies on the bill. And every single one yesterday passed but one. Uh, That would be the, uh, there was a a levy that would give the opportunity for the Valley View View School District to build a couple of new elementary schools. Uh, They were dealing with some overcrowding uh, population issues in their schools, but uh, that did not pass. But it did get 64% of the vote, but it needed like 60. It was one of those super majority deals that needed 66.25%. So it just fell short of what it would need. But everywhere else in the entire state, all the educational levies passed. So I give you guys a round of applause. Congratulations. Now, uh, voter turnout was comically low. Uh, because, you know, that's just the way these things work when they're not traditional, you know, election days. Yeah. And you can't vote for something with an R or a D behind it. But you still got the overwhelming majority of them to pass yesterday. So congratulations to the school district to 
get a little bit of a bunch, uh, bump in their budgets and in some cases get to build new schools for the huge population bump that has happened in our state over the last couple of years. It was needed and well done to answer the call, those of you that voted. Well, uh, they didn't cancel any more games yesterday. This is what it appears to be the, the work shutdown in the baseball. Is, uh, they talk about how they're going to cancel games, and then they meet for 17 hours, and then they don't cancel anything, and then they don't meet the next day, and the things just fall apart. We'll see how what happens. But, hey, 17 hours of negotiations yesterday that broke around 3 o'clock in the morning after a marathon session which caused baseball to go, you know what, we're not going to cancel any games because some progress has been made, although who knows how much space is between them still, if I may quote your Kelsey Grammer movie from a couple weeks ago. (laughs) Elsewhere in uh, football, a couple of big quarterback news yesterday. We wrapped up the show by telling you yesterday Aaron Rodgers is staying put with the Packers. Uh, He did clarify some stuff on his Twitter yesterday saying that he will be returning to the Packers, but apparently whatever we were heard from the actual negotiations of the contract and stuff were not true. He has not signed an extension or anything like that. Not to say he's not working on one, but he wanted to make it clear that he's not making $50 million a year like the report has said. How dare they? We'll see. It might be actually more than that. Who knows? Uh, but listen, he's a four-time MVP. If this is true and he does reach a new deal, uh, the four-year contract should guarantee that he wraps up his career with the Packers he, so we'll see what happens I expect he can't just be quiet no 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 I no. mean who cares if they report it wrong I mean what does it matter to him well I think people you know you know you you know how social media works dude when somebody is the highest paid player in anything eh, eh, there's automatic criticism that comes along with that just because uh, you know he gets paid a ridiculous amount so, of money to so play what? he gets paid tons of money to be criticized of course of course you and I can understand this but uh, Aaron Rodgers has a difficulty dealing with criticism as you may have uh, kind of come to gather over the last 12 months he can't he can't not have the last word on something uh, he's that guy he's that your friend he's that he's your friend that can't have not friend, have the last no no in general oh okay there's always a friend that he's has that to have guy. the last word yes yes he's definitely that and it's weird because it's only just come on like forever Aaron Rodgers was pretty much you know you just saw him at the press conferences and that was it but the weird like connection with the Pat McAfee show has led this to be like everything has to be done in public and has to be said by him or it's not true and then but you know the problem is sometimes the things he says also aren't true and so there's a bit of a he's really mixed the message he's got some character issues I'll put it that way uh, and then the really big news happened about two hours after the Aaron Rodgers news dropped, and that was uh, after repeatedly telling everybody they are not trading Russell Wilson. Not only are they trading Russell Wilson, but they're pretty much making a gigantic overhaul in Seattle. Uh, Russell Wilson is gone. He got traded to the Denver Broncos yesterday. Uh, but listen, uh, in my opinion, I think, depending on, of course, what they do with the picks, they got a pretty good return for a 33-year-old quarterback, in my opinion. Uh, They got two first-round draft picks, two second-round draft picks, and a uh, fifth-round draft pick. And they got Drew Locke, who's a questionable quarterback. (laughs) Noah Fant, who I think is a really good tight end. Oh, they got Noah Fant? I didn't see that. Oh, man. They got Noah Fant, and they got a really good defensive lineman in Shelby Harris as well. That's that's a lot. It is. Now, they don't have anybody to throw him a ball because I don't think Drew Locke is the answer, but they also have the, now the number nine pick in the draft. And Seattle, remember, didn't have any first-round draft picks the next two years because they gave them to the Jets for Jamal Adams. So now they're back in the first round a couple times over, 
and they have the ability to grow. I don't know if there's a game-changing quarterback in this draft, so it may be a long year for you Seahawks fans, but this could turn into something next year, maybe. Yeah, probably not. But it depends on what they do with it's the, the uh, Seahawks. With, well, I mean, they have had a pretty good run, uh, you know, including a couple of Super Bowl appearances and the Super Bowl win. But we'll see what ends up happening for the Seattle team. Uh, it, 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 I have been fairly surprised by the amount of Seattle fans that are fairly okay with this deal. Uh, they're taking it a lot better than I thought they would, but I think they've realized that even with Russell Wilson last year, uh, they are still the fourth best team in that particular division, and they needed to do something because the defense is a mess, the offensive line is awful, and you know if you have a particular valuable commodity, what good is it if you can't do anything around him? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And Russell Wilson was taking up a bunch of money. So we'll see where it goes, but Seattle's definitely going to look different next year for sure. Big J, HBO's in trouble. Variety reports that a class action lawsuit has been filed against them yesterday for providing subscriber data to Facebook. The suit claims that HBO has given Facebook customer lists, providing Facebook with access to users' viewer habits, which HBO customers did not consent to, uh, and they're not happy about it, so uh, look out. Uh, apparently, you are going to get some money if this thing goes to court. Probably not, but... They don't like when their information is shared, Big J. But my guess is there's a lot more companies doing this than we are well aware of. Um, but, yeah, people don't like when Facebook has their information. That's for sure. Morning After with Nick and Big J. There's your first round of important stuff. Holy jeez. Guns and Roses knocking on heaven's door here on the Morning After with Nick and Big J. I know you're not a gigantic basketball fan, Big J, but how do you feel about LeBron James as a personality? Uh, um, yeah, it's fine. Wouldn't call yourself a fan? Well, then? I mean, sometimes he hits on some of the points, and then sometimes, nah, maybe he shouldn't have said anything. Uh, do you, did you watch Space Jam? No, Space Jam 2, you mean? That's correct. Yeah, no. Uh, did you watch, are you watching any of his, uh, you know, neighborhood show that's on HBO This is in its fifth season? No, no, I have not. I didn't know that was his. Uh, oh yeah. No, it's definitely his. Uh, but if uh, if not, I know he's getting into a marketplace that you are interested in, and that is, I'm talking about food programming. You do enjoy watching food television shows, shows agree or disagree? Yeah, absolutely. And LeBron James is now taking his talents to the kitchen. King James has invested in a brand new live streaming platform called Kitch, K-I-T-T-C-H. It is a brand new app for food-obsessed people that uh, launched officially yesterday. He calls himself a foodie, but he is, of course, uh, he Taco thinks... Taco Tuesday! A, a foodie that is into healthy living, of course, oh, yeah. because he's well, a professional athlete. So he's pretty fanatical about his strict diet, and he's careful with what he puts in his body. And so what Kitsch is is an app and food-based programming that allows fellow foodies to watch some world-renowned chefs work their craft, but also give it an affordable and healthy angle on things. Because LeBron James says one of the things that's always talked to him about, especially from people that are close to him, is, yeah, it's great for somebody that's got millions upon millions of dollars to eat healthy. How does somebody that's not making a ton of money eat healthy yeah. as well? How does somebody who doesn't have millions to spend a million on their body and stuff over a period of time to be healthy? And so yeah. James has recruited a bunch of his favorite chefs and personal chefs and all that kind of stuff to help educate people and give them recipes and ideas and how they can affordably 
eat healthy and live healthy some of the stuff is subscription based other of the stuff is totally completely free the app officially launched to the public yesterday so if you are interested in teaming up with lebron james or maybe just learning a little something different about healthy cooking you can join kitsch any interest now i am i am i am interested look at this now, granted, the other part of it is it's not like it's LeBron James that's going to be presenting you this information. Right. But LeBron James is handpicking all this stuff, so you're getting some of the stuff from him, at least in theory. I'm guessing he's also busy playing basketball, so he's not in the kitsch boardroom Listen, making all the decisions. He's a, he's a businessman. Yeah, he's he certainly is. He's got his hands in a bunch of different things, and now he's in the food space. Uh, and we'll see if it's worth your time. Now, uh, you better watch your back if he starts to become a consultant and starts selling kitchen accessories because then he's encroaching on your territory, and that will not be accepted, I'm guessing, Big J. No. Uh, because there's only room for one super talented person with a I'll nickname. I'll just rely on him to pick, handpick every individual on his team. Oh, like the draft for the uh, the the NBA All Star? No, I'm talking about his current roster on the LA Lakers. Oh, you mean as his role as general manager of the Lakers? Yeah, right. maybe he'll bring in some sort of item that's close to Russell Westbrook. You better hope not. You better keep the Russell Westbrook element out of the uh, out of the app, otherwise it won't go well. Morning after with Nick and Big J, a movie review from Big J is happening next on the X Rock. <laughs> That is Metallica Enter Sandman here on The Morning After with Nick and Big J. Yesterday, right around this time, Big J was selected to watch a movie on Peacock that was all about International Women's Day and kick girls that kick ass in the film. And that was the idea behind the film that was selected, which is called Last Scene in Idaho. And so, Big J, we turn to you and ask you, how the hell was it? Uh, this movie set back the women's movement. Oh, no. Okay. That's not for, good. Yeah, no. Uh, in fact, this is the first time since we've handed over the reins to the listeners uh, f- to, to choose the streaming dumbass movie. And they've been trying. I know some of them have, <laughs> have mentioned this. They've been trying to get me a bad movie. And guess what? You succeeded. Aww. You succeeded in finding me one of the worst movies I've ever seen in Streaming Dumbass. Holy cow. Which is saying a lot. It's like a subcategory of the worst crap available for you to view, okay? <laughs> uh, and it's an hour and 49 minutes of disgracefulness. And so it stars the, the, the you know, the one, like, I guess I want to say caveat star of this is Casper Van Diem. And he's in this movie for like five scenes, and they're not long. Oh, he's not even barely. Yeah, in. and he sucks in them. <laughs> like he's terrible. Like he didn't try. He maybe he showed up drunk. I don't know. But the like the opening sequence here is it, like he's smoking a cigarette. Uh-huh. Like that's not even something they do anymore on movies and TV. <laughs> but it's clearly he's not. He's not even trying to smoke a cigarette. Okay. So I mean, it's just. Really bad, and and the whole the whole point of this movie is, uh, it's set in a small town in Washington. Okay, and the star Hallie, uh, what's her name? Hallie Shepard. Uh, she she works at this uh, you know car restoration place. All okay. right, and uh, what happens is I guess like her boss uh, who owns the place is kind of uh, in with a a local crime syndicate. Okay, and they they and for whatever reason, uh, it's a very important part of this this 
convoluted story of what's about to happen. And the, the, the important scene that, that brings all of this together is the fact that uh, the uh, Casper Van Diem's character murders somebody and they bring him back to the shop for whatever reason to dispose of the body and she sees and witnesses it and somebody else sees it and they kill this guy and she records it, right? So she gets in her car, she runs away and as she's fleeing and driving her car away, Casper Van Diem's character shoots like three times at this car and it explodes. Oh my God. It's terrible. It's like the, it's like they spend five dollars in the special effects. I mean, it is so cringeworthy. But what happens in this accident is that she's thrown from the vehicle. You can't see that, of course. They don't, you know, have you that assume in the budget. She's dead. Yeah. Yeah. And the next thing you know, she wakes up in a coma and she can't remember everything. Uh, and you know. Um, that's where the start story gets really weird because not only is it just absurd, but she also starts to kind of see the future like briefly. And there's absolutely no explanation as to why this happens throughout <laughs> the entire move movie. She comes back to the scene of where this all happened. And, you know, two months later, and she finds on the ground a, a completely clean bullet casing. Like it's been, it's just like the same day it happened. It just sitting there. The wind didn't blow it anywhere. Right. It's not dirty. It's perfectly <laughs> clean. It's ridiculous. Okay, and let's see. Oh, also, one of the main bad guy. Like they're rocking around this small town in Washington, and this guy's got like a shoulder holster for his for his weapon, right? Mm -hmm. And that's how he's dressed throughout the entire movie, wandering through public places. Like like, like sure, there's lots of people who can you know who open carry, but they don't have a weird shoulder strap like they're a detective from the 1980s. <laughs> okay, it's just an absurd, stupid movie. You never find out why she can see into the future or whatnot, and. And, like, it's just a stupid scene. They spent all their money on this action sequence, and it's dumb. It's a dumb movie. Where does Idaho come into the equation? So, uh, when she she is missing for a period of time, uh -huh. and she was last seen in Post Falls, Idaho. Okay, okay. So, which is up north near right. uh, Spokane, and et cetera. Near the Washington yeah. border, That's which makes That's the sense. only reason. That's the only mention of Idaho. <laughs> and they don't even, they mention it once, but they also show you this missing person poster. Uh-huh. Uh, no. It's, it's it's please don't watch this now it, it does sound like it has potential to be so bad that it's funny it isn't though because okay. uh they're trying okay like they're trying to make that's the thing it's like when somebody makes something so bad i think they have like i, I don't want to say this, this is room territory because he was absolutely absurdly crazy yeah but also he was also trying to make a good movie yeah which uh, is what makes it ironically hilarious. Yes, this is not ironically hilarious. It's just cringeworthy and sad. And if I didn't have to watch it, there's no way I would have. Right after that whole thing with the car, I would have said, nah, I'm going to skip this. And here's the thing. The, the the writer is also the star of the movie. And she's done a couple movies. And she should not be writing movies. Like, <laughs> she was, I guess, an Olympic athlete. Stick to that. Like, you are not good at this. All right. Okay. Somewhere, somehow, they came into money and decided that they wanted to be uh, in movies. And you know what? God bless them. But it's not going to be in the movie industry. Uh, I guess there's a reason why we haven't heard of this movie before. It does not sound like Last Scene in Idaho is yeah, Big J. Last Scene forever on Peacock. <laughs> All right. So Big J says, avoid, avoid. And, and thanks for nothing, listeners. <laughs> Technically, I picked out the movie, so you can blame me. I kind of thought it would be fun, but I apparently was wrong. Morning After with Nick and Big J. There's your movie review. Avoid it. <laughs> 
Sean's newsfeed. On the morning after with Nick and Big J. I imagine Big J. I mean, the girls are all grown up now, but back in the day, when things were just starting out, I imagine you used to gather them around and read to them some of their favorite books, right? Yeah, of course. You know, yeah, it's one of it the cool... Happened. What, really? Oh. One of the great rites of passage of being a parent is uh, reading to your children. And according to the University of South Australia, uh, there is not much more important things you can do in their formative years than that. Uh, it actually leads to better reading comprehension, a better understanding of the language, resilience at school, particularly when it comes to resilience in boys and uh, girls. Lead researcher Lonnie Siegel says that reading out loud to your kids creates a bunch of positive outcomes for children. It's a shared experience between the parent and child. It encourages connection. It also directly contributes to child development through exposure to words, stories, putting things in your own perspective, explaining things that the child doesn't understand about the story, that they're comfortable asking questions. So it also helps create a nurturing environment. There really is nothing more important that you can do than read to your kids early on. Teach them the love of the written word, Big J. It yeah. helps them do better in school. It helps them better understand the language. It helps create that connection that you'll share throughout your lives. And then you guys can have special sit-downs as they get older. And you can talk about books that they're reading. And remember when we sat down and we used to read Cat in the Hat together. And then you start crying, Big J, just like parents. You yeah. know? Truth is, they would read to me. <laughs> You're joking, but I can see that, actually. And I learned so much. You look at your resilience yeah. from your kids reading to you. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, kids. I mean, it really hasn't helped your understanding of language, but I mean, other than that, I think everything else is tipped off. Man. Hey, the Seattle Seahawks traded Russell Wilson yesterday to the Denver Broncos. Uh, in return, they got Drew Locke, their quarterback, tight end Noah Fant, defensive lineman Shelby Harris, two first-round picks, two second-round picks, and fourth and fifth round picks as well. It was quite the coup for the Seahawks. And then they went ahead and released Bobby Wagner last night around 9 o'clock in the evening. And uh, it, it's a crazy end of an era for the Seahawks as both Russell Wilson and Bobby Wagner, who without a doubt was their defensive leader on that Legion of Boom defense and still to this day. He's still great. That's oh, the thing. Oh, it's fantastic, but he makes a lot of money. And, Ooh. you know, they both... Russell Wilson and Bobby Wagner, ironically, both joined the Seahawks in the same day. They were both part of that draft class, and they both left the same day, too. How lucky did the Seahawks get? I mean, they picked up Russell Wilson in a later round. Third round, yeah. But they were smart enough to let him start. Yeah, and don't forget that they were coming off an offseason where they yeah they signed stupid awful backup quarterback for the Packers to a ridiculously huge contract, (laughs) and then they saw him in practice and like, what do we do? We might as well give this rookie a shot, and it ended up working out really, really well. So credit to them. Yeah, I mean, you know, sometimes, you know, making the uneasy, I mean, because, you know, with the amount of money invested, it would be a smart move just to put Matt Flynn in the starting line. It's the last time you'll ever hear me say anything nice. About Where did the, the animosity Seahawks? for that begin? Because, you know, as when you were a kid, the Seahawks and the 49ers weren't in the same division. I know. They were in the, same conference. They were in the AFC. Right. And I, I really just, I hate their uniform colors. It's disgusting to me. It was as a kid, and it's gotten even worse as an adult. And then it just, you know, when I, we moved here from Idaho or from Montana, it's just everybody here was a Seahawks fan or a Broncos fan. Uh, and it's just, you know, I just never liked them. And then it became a 49ers fan, and then playing each other twice a year just really fueled uh, the anger and hatred. Oh, and I'm sure their success also made you upset, too. 
their brief your, success. Your team was was f- f- not doing so great uh, at that particular time, but. Uh, now you don't have to worry about it. They're going to be also rans for at least. But a, I knew a, that would happen. Well, every team turns it into was, also rans. It was inevitable. There are peaks and valleys for every single football team. Somebody sells their soul every now and then to get something nice, and that happened for them one year. Good for them. Well, they didn't have to sell anything. They put they pieced no. that team together. You got to get credit. Somebody again. sold somebody's soul. I'm telling you right now. <laughs> Variety reports that Game of Thrones co-creator D.B. Weiss says he will not be participating in any of the show's spinoffs, which is probably good news for the shows considering how he tanked Game of Thrones. He says uh, he had his fill of Game of Thrones. He was part of the TV show for we 11 years. fill of you. Yeah, we're good too, buddy. Don't worry about it. Uh, he said it's all he thought about all day, every day for 11 years. Now, he said it's one of the best decades of his life, but it still feels like a bit of a dream. But he doesn't want to be a part of that world anymore. He wants to build something else, he said. Sounds like he put everything he had into 10 years. <laughs> and just Not had a, enough. Yeah. Listen, we get it. You burned out the last season. It's all right. Yeah, it's, it's very clear. But the other side of it is, like, I mean, it's kind of his fault I have no interest in any of the spinoffs. You know? If they would have, like, started something up before that last season of Game of Thrones, I'd probably be all in. But now I just don't want to revisit that world anymore because it's clear to me that that at least they have no problem handing the show over to people that have no idea how to wrap things up, which always worries me. Um, whenever you get yeah. stuck in a situation where you cannot, you know, wrap things up in a very good way, it's not good for TV shows. And so there's lots of uh, spinoffs in the works for Game of Thrones still, even though they've like canceled two before they've even started. I think there's still three in development and one that's close to making its way on air. So we're going to have plenty of Game of Thrones to talk about and watch if you want to. Whether or not any of it will be good is another discussion altogether. And Big J on 100.3 The X rocks. We have a rare We're Going to Hell follow-up for today's We're Going to Hell story as we head back to Brazil. It was about six months ago, Big J, that we had a conversation at this particular time frame about a young lady from Brazil that makes her living as a model, particularly famous for posing in Brazilian Playboy there a couple of times over, and she made our We're Going to Hell story because she decided she was done with relationships, Big J. Had enough. And she, because after she looked over the rules of what is legal and what is not in Brazil, decided to marry herself, Big J. And so we always uh, enjoy when people marry inanimate objects, but in this particular case, it was not a ghost, but herself. She married herself in a marriage ceremony six months ago, and we went all crazy about it. Well, Big J, the follow-up is, six months later, she has filed for divorce from herself, citing irreconcilable differences. That's right. She was disappointed in her previous relationship, and after being married to herself for six months, she realized why relationships were difficult for her. She's a real pain in the ass, Big J, she's going to discuss. Yeah, it's not... It's not her it's it's her yeah yeah, exactly (laughs) so she has decided to file from divorce from herself so that she could be single again and go about her lifestyle as she normally would without fear of being in a committed relationship and cheating on herself i guess i don't i don't know this lady's nuts yeah the 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 statement that she put out is uh, straight up cuckoo bananas she said, quote, I decided to marry myself in the first place as I was very disappointed in all of my relationships in the past. And then I said, I'm going to marry myself. Uh, now I believe in traditional marriage because even marriages with yourself always end. 
She said she Jeez. didn't she didn't divorce herself because she got tired of herself. She just decided that you know what? She's not as great of a person as she wants to be, and she enjoys the partying lifestyle too much. So her priorities are in line. There's that. Listen, this is why there's rules for stuff. It's like yeah. why you should have a rule that that you you know you got to marry a, some somebody, a yeah. person. You're right. You you sometimes look at laws and run books and go, why is there a rule against marrying yourself? Who would do that? And then you see somebody that does, and you go, oh, that's why we got to we got to make sure we protect the uh, the people that are cuckoo bananas from each their set themselves. Yeah, because they make terrible decisions, and then they become famous for making those terrible decisions. They will leave themselves if given the chance. Now, of course, the underlying reality of this is she did it six months ago for publicity. Probably the fuel ran out there in Brazil of people talking about the crazy Playboy model that married herself. So she decided to get herself back on the news cycle by filing for divorce. If we're being honest, that's probably what happened. And in true, you know, the way our world works... Everybody picked up the story. So she got what she wanted. But Including notice, us. Big J, I'm not giving you her name. In your face, lady. <laughs> Good job, dude. That's right. Fight the power. Morning after with Nick and Big J. There's your we're going to hell story. It is the X Rocks. Stone Devil Pilots, big empty here on the morning after with Nick and Big J. We've talked about how little importance we place in the role of teaching the youth of America how to manage their money and understand how finances work. And so it probably shouldn't surprise you that there's a new study out that shows that, you know, people from the ages of 18 to 29 spend way more time on social media trying to figure out what television show they want to stream and playing with their pets than they do understanding their money situation. Uh, I'm not sure that's entirely their fault, although they certainly play a little bit of a role in that, but I think that the one thing that surprised me was that 89% of people in that age bracket could not get within $300 as to how much is in their bank account. Meaning they thought how much was in their bank account, but they were wrong and way off by at least that much. Now, Big J, you famously don't handle the uh, finances in your household. But if I were to ask you, I don't need a number, how much is in your checking account right now, would you know? Or would you be able to give me a guess, and then how close would that guess be, you think? Like, in your mind, do you check that on a regular basis or no? no. Okay, because you're not responsible for paying the bills or any of that stuff, right? The wife handles all that stuff. Yeah, because that's not your strong suit. I just know when I'm told no, I'm like, what the hell is going on? Right. You want to be able to spend money when you want to spend money, and when you can, you get upset. That I understand. But don't tell me again. Maybe write it down and give me an idea of how much you think is in your checking account and then see if that's $300 within what you think. And then don't leave that piece of paper lying around here so that people... $1 million. <laughs> well, you do make big J money. But yeah, 89% of people in that age bracket cannot understand or are way off on how much they actually have. And usually they think they have more money than they actually do because, again, they're spending it willy-nilly and not familiar with when Netflix takes money out of their account or, you know, oh my god, I forgot that I ordered $50 uh, burrito from DoorDash yesterday. All that kind of stuff kind of pops into 
the actual equation. And I wonder how often you check that. I mean, I'm a single dude, so I know exactly how much money's in my checking account because I check it on the regular. Also, I'm waiting for a, a federal return deposit to happen that hasn't happened yet. So I check on a fairly regular basis. Uh, my life is much less stressful not sure. knowing. <laughs> Just knowing that our mortgage is covered, our bills are paid. I mean, we, you know, we're, we're very fortunate. It is so. true. It, you do not have financial uh, worries that you have to do. So you can, I guess, rest assured that there's money in your checking account. You don't have to worry about it. But, I mean, uh, it's probably something that you need to be aware of, unless you have somebody in your life that does totally handle that, and, of course, you trust them to do so. And also, uh, I've, I've talked to the wife a couple times. I'm like, hey, uh, you know, we, lately here especially, we need to figure out our wills and things like that, because if something terrible happened to her, I would be lost on that side, because she handles all of that. Right, right. Uh, aside from the emotional and distraughtness that I would have, I would just—I don't know what would happen. I what mean, do you think a be... will does? You mean you think? I mean, you no. still are going to figure out all that no. financial stuff. Yes, but I mean, also uh, we have um, uh, a file set up that has all the information of all the passwords. That's what you're talking about. All of those about. sort of things. Having your you, the other stuff in order. Yeah. In case something terrible happens. Yes. Yes. Having all the boxes checked so that somebody or you or anybody else can come in and understand where everything is and what everything needs to be done. Yes. That that makes sense to me. Uh, and it's probably a good practice. But also, I've been like, hey, what do you want to happen to you? <laughs> oh, you don't know? No. She's like, I don't care. I'm like, that's not helpful. You've told her what you want, right? Yes. And that is But to I need to put it down in writing. Viking funeral near the X transmitter, right? <laughs> I mean, that would be ideal, but I don't think they do that sort of thing anymore. So it's a, it's a, it's a stipulation. Like, if I'm still employed here yeah. when this happens, then yeah, I want my ashes, you know, dusted over the transmitter area up there and pay it. I'd be okay with that. Um, but, you know, if, depending on how things go, like if I get fired or something, then put my ashes in the the air ducts here. I'm going to blow in everybody's face. Man, I mean, this conversation took a dark turn. We were talking about kids not knowing about their money. Next thing you know, we're talking about you and your money. wife's money. after death plan. This is a real convo here. Writing leaving wills for you and your wife. Morning after with Nick and Big J. Coming up in a few <laughs> minutes, some important stuff. On the morning after with Nick and Big J. I think a majority of people, maybe even a majority of sports fans, have kind of washed their hands of baseball, Big J. But there is a very loyal, very, I guess, interested group of fans that call themselves baseball fans. Big J, they look forward to the baseball season every single year. Well, this year, uh, there's been a delay in that because there's a lockout happening right now between baseball owners and baseball players. They continue to negotiate, but according to a new Los Angeles Times poll, this is hurting baseball way more than they think. They talked to about 15,000 people that consider themselves pretty diehard baseball fans. And 60% of those diehards said the lockout has caused them to lose interest in the game. Uh, that's a pretty serious number and should be a very serious concern in a sport that's already struggling to find an audience and is getting harder and harder to tune into on a regular basis. 
And uh, at least 40% of those said they don't think they're going to watch baseball no matter what happens this year because that's how tired they are for it. One-third of the fans said that they would buy fewer tickets and watch fewer games on TV, and almost all of them said they're not buying any merchandise that they probably would have already at this point. Half of fans blame the owners, uh, and about 12% blame the players the most for this particular lockout. So the owners are definitely bearing the brunt of the blame here, at least in the public eye. But this could be the situation that baseball does not recover from. Reminder that the last time they had a lockout, the ratings were in the toilet for a full year before steroids saved baseball, literally. Uh, when there was the 1995 season where it was everybody was hitting a home run, ridiculous, you know, Barry Bonds, Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa, it was bananas. Yeah, it's the best we can hope for again. Uh, and uh, so we'll see what ends Bring up happening. Bring back the roids! See, I Bring back the roids! I don't even think it would help. I guarantee if there was some big-headed dude that's knocking around 70 home runs, you wouldn't you wouldn't turn it and tune in. You wouldn't you, it wouldn't make you tune in. It just wouldn't. The, the, you are too far gone, and I think a lot of people are as well. There's got to be something about the pace of play. They have to lower the amount of games. 162 games is ridiculous. It is ridiculous. The and, I mean, 85 games is almost ridiculous. Well, 82 in the NBA and yeah. the NHL are crazy. And, and not only that, but also, I mean, when you expand the amount of teams that make the playoffs, which they're talking about doing again, it completely makes the regular season, which is comically long, irrelevant, because everybody's going to the damn postseason anyway. So what are we doing? But they don't want to do that because, again, if you lessen the games, you lessen the revenue for the owners because they, you know, they still make money every time there's a game there, even if they're not selling out. They still have 82 home games that they're dealing with, which is a lot of money, and they'd have to part ways with that. And it's just not, they're not willing to do so. But the question becomes, if you're irrelevant, how much money are you going to make? Because that's the way they're speeding towards right now. They negotiated for 17 hours yesterday, still did not come towards a deal, but uh, no continued can- cancellations. That could be a change today, depending on whether or not they get closer together. But they broke off talks around 3 o'clock in the morning yesterday. Aaron Rodgers is sticking with the Green Bay Packers for an 18th season. He announced it yesterday, kind of, uh, although there were details that he came to an agreement with a four-year deal worth $200 million. He says that's inaccurate, but we'll see what ends up happening. Either way, he's coming back to the Packers. Seahawks have parted ways with Russell Wilson, traded him to the Broncos for quite the haul. They get Drew Locke, Noah Fant, Shelby Harris, two first-round picks, two second-round picks, a fourth- and fifth-round pick as well for the Seahawks. Then they cut Bobby Wagner late last night, too. So they're going to be a whole new football team next year in Seattle. Big J, did you ever get around to watching Dune? No. I knew you were going to ask that. Uh, It seems like you don't watch movies that are on HBO Max. True or false? Well, yeah, especially when I missed the opportunity to see him in the theater. But I mean... That movie needs to be seen on a big screen, big sound. It's a really, screwed up. It's really good. I screwed uh, up. Florence Pugh is in talks to join Timothy Chalamet in Dune Part 2. It's supposed to start filming I later on. I would have seen this movie four times by now. This year. I wonder if you would. I'm trying to figure out if, if Florence like Pugh it. was in it. Well, she's not. She won't be in until the Part if 2. she was. That's so all I'm it saying. takes. Uh, she would play the role of Princess Arulan. If you remember the David Lynch version of Dune. That was Virginia Madsen's role in that particular movie. Uh, pretty much she serves as the narrator in the book, um, but doesn't come around until later on in the movie, but now they've split this into two movies, so I'm guessing she would be a pretty big part in Dune Part 2, which is again supposed to be uh, filming beginning this summer. 
Morning After with Nick and Big J. There's your important stuff. On the Morning After with Nick and Big J. Yeah, and we have some tickets to Monster Jam happening this week, Friday and Saturday, out at the Ford Idaho Center Arena. We're going to get you set up with tickets to the Friday evening showing, which is going to be a lot of fun. And, uh, of course, tickets are still available, by the way, uh, at ictickets.com. You can check that out. But in the meantime, uh, here's some free ones. 208-287-1003 is the number that you need to call if you'd like to play a game called Pop Culture Smackdown for these Monster Jam tickets. Let's get ourselves a contestant. Good morning, The X. Hey, how's it going? Good, buddy. What's your name? Matt. All right, Matt, you are up first, Matt. Today is Barbie's birthday. 53 years ago today, the Barbie doll first appeared on shelves. So I ask you, Matt, Barbie does have a last name. What is it? Is it Roberts, Richards, or Richter? Uh, Roberts? That is correct. Right. Good job. Good guess, man. Big J, where is Barbie's dream house located? I don't get options? No, no. It's in the title. Barbie's dream house? Yes. Where is it located? Correct. In Dreamland. In Dreamland. What do you mean it's in the title? Wrong. The city in which it's located ha- is in the title of the dream house. You'll know it the second I say oh, it. I'm going to say Beverly Hills. Uh, it's a good guess. Wrong. Beverly Hills. Barbie's Malibu. Right. Oh, Jay. that's right. Malibu. God. Malibu. See, I told you, you know it. Congratulations, yeah. Matt. You got yourself some Monster Jam tickets. It's not fair, damn it. Hang on one second. I would have picked that out if you gave me one of the as an option. Of course, of course. Well, Matt gets options. Yes, Matt needs help. Somebody's got to win tickets. I need help. I know, buddy. I know. Morning after when Nick and Big J, we got your headlines. They're happening next on the X-Rock. <laughs> Headlines are brought to you by Team Mazda and the pre-owned Superstore. It's easy to get your auto loan pre-approved with Team Mazda's iPreCheck. Just click the big blue button at GoTeamMazda.com. Headlines are as follows. I mean, what? This is not what we need. And catch them all. I mean, what? Who hasn't heard of poutine, Big J? You may not like it, but I think at some what? point you've heard of it, right? Who wouldn't like it? Uh, I don't like it because I'm not a big fan of brown gravy. So oh I, don't, I don't like brown gravy on top of French fries. Why, why don't you like curds. brown gravy? I just never have. I've never really enjoyed it that much. And therefore, I'm not a big fan of poutine. But you I don't have to use brown gravy. No it can be way. any gravy. I know what it Well, that's the only place I've seen it. And I'm not certainly not going to make my own of a dish that I have no interest in. But there is a restaurant in France that has reportedly received a bunch of threats because they have a signature dish, poutine, there. But some people think it's a dish named after Vladimir Putin. Bigger. No. Poutine and Putin, they're spelled differently. Yeah, but even in is, French. This is the year 2022. Nobody does that kind of research. Uh, it was posted on a social media board last week saying the restaurant called La Mation de Poutine received a bunch of complaints because they named their restaurant and their signature dish after the president, quote-unquote, of Russia. And, of course, poutine is a dish that originated up in Canada, Big yeah, eh? has zero connection to poutine. It consists of French fries, cheese curds, and gravy. And in the statement, the restaurant also noted it offers the most sincere support to the Ukrainian people. 
uh, as well. So they're trying to fight this particular image, which was not deserved, nor makes any kind of sense. But again, we live in a in a world now where uh, we just pile on things, whether they make sense or not. Well, and they also trying to ban Russian dressing. <laughs> like, come on, people. Ah. <laughs> oh. We're all in deep, deep trouble. This is not what we need or catch them all. Catch them all. A Georgia man has been sentenced to 36 months in prison and charged $85,000 in restitution after using COVID-19 relief funds to buy Pokemon cards. His name is Vinath Asamin. He's 31 years old of Dublin, Georgia. He claimed he needed federal stimulus assistance to prop up an entertainment services enterprise with 10 employees. After revealing the application, the Small Business Administration granted him $85,000 on August 4th of the year 2020. Prosecutors then said he used about $60,000 of it to buy a very rare Pokemon card. The collector eventually admitted to the deception, of course saying that he completely and totally made up the business, did not employ anybody, and just wanted the money so that he could buy this card and other cards. And he's been ordered to hand over the card as well so that the government can then sell it and get some of its money back is the plan, I guess. So it didn't go well, I guess, is the point, Big J. And now he's going to have to serve 36 months in prison, lost his card, and pay $85,000 because of it. Just goes to show you, maybe you shouldn't lie to get money for Pokemon cards. That's the lesson you should learn here. Lying to get money in general, really bad idea. But doing it is fraudulent, and then spending that money on Pokemon card seems really, really goofy. But yep. listen, uh, I also think it's goofy that any kind of card is worth $57,000, but apparently there are such things, baseball and otherwise. Wrap it up with this is not what we need. Big J, you believe in demons. Agree or disagree? Absolutely. Well, there is an ancient rock in Japan that is said to contain an evil demon. That rock has cracked open, Big J. Oh, my Lord. It's known as the Killing Stone in Japan, and it is officially Jesus. split in two. Legend says the volcanic rock is home to the nine-tailed fox known as the Tanatomome, which is a demon that came in contact with the rock, and anybody who comes in contact with this rock will die. Folklore also says the rock continually spews out poisonous gas. Now that the rock is split, it has made almost the entire country nervous to visit the tourist hotspot where it sits on top of the mountains in Tokyo, Japan. Officials are still trying to decide what to do with the rock, and some on Twitter are expressing their fears about what the split could mean. It is thought that rainwater may have gotten inside the rock and caused the damage, but you and I both know it's because the demon escaped, yes? I don't know. I think there might be more to that story. Oh, I'm really, I'm ready to hear your no, theory. No, I, I mean, I don't know. I have to investigate. <laughs> you know you're not going to do that. Morning Talk to after some of my contacts. With Nick and Big J, there's your headlines. Coming up in a few minutes, we got your bad impressions and more, but we owe you one final look at traffic. Oh. Brand new music from Hailstorm. That's called The Steeple here on The Morning After with Nick and Big J on the X Rocks. And it sounds like you've got a very important question, Big J. Yeah, I don't get it. Uh, I need some help here. So uh, NASA, uh, they're looking to uh, do some cool stuff there uh, around the moon. And uh, they are going to be test flighting something called Artemis 1. It's the first uncrewed flight test of the Space Launch System rocket and Orion spacecraft. Now, the flight paves the way toward landing the first woman and the first person of color on the moon. Uh, and so they're going to be doing this. They want eventually they want to, uh, you know, do more things to build a long term human presence on the moon. 
for the decades to come because eventually they're going to need it to launch into other space programs out there, right? That's, so uh, We're starting colonies. Yes. Uh, <laughs> but uh, they want to kick this off and give uh, some people the opportunity. Hey, we can't put you on this on this Orion flight. But hey, you know what you can do? You can sign up, you can get a boarding pass, and we can put your name on a thumb drive that we put into Orion that goes around the moon. And how much does this cost? I don't think it costs anything. Oh, the what, huh? But what's the point? I guess to say that your name is I got in space? a boarding pass on something I signed up for on a website. I mean, listen, we do some pretty interesting and crazy stuff when it comes to space. And uh, I think that there is a still for, I think people specifically in like our age group, there's this desire to kind of scratch that frontier. And a lot of us, I also think, probably in our advanced age, have come to the realization that none of us are going to travel to space. You and I aren't going to go to space, dude. And so if you always had this dream to go to space, this is going to be as close as you're going to get to it. And maybe that's the way to have a small part of your dream. You're not close. No, no, you're not. Nothing has changed. You're not. You're not. But you have an official boarding pass from NASA that maybe you can hang on the wall or you can print out or whatever the case may be that makes you feel oh. like it is. Oh, hey, well, Nick, what's that on the on the wall? It looks like you have some sort of award. Oh, oh, it was a, a fake boarding pass I got because I was interested in going to the moon. Yeah, listen, there's lots of other dumb stuff hanging up that makes that, that people hang up in their offices in their homes. So it's not surprising. Uh, I'm surprised that they're not using it as like a way to raise money. That would be how I would think you would do that. You know what I mean? I mean, it's the same thing for like people that buy bricks at uh, their favorite sporting event so that their name can be in the stadium that yeah, they're but, not going to go know. to. I get the value of that more because it's something tangible. You can go and see that. Well, you can print up the boarding pass. It's not the same. It's, it's tangible. Not, yeah, no. It's not, hey, this helped build this place. No, of course, of course. Again, if there were money attached to it, that's how I could understand. Like, I played a part in helping this mission take place. I got a certificate. My name got into space. I felt like I was part of the crew. Yes, that makes sense. This seems to be weird that they're just doing it for free. Yes, like, why bother? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what the point is. But then again, Big J, uh, NASA's been difficult to understand the last couple of years. Uh, they focused on some very strange and interesting things, and this is just another one. But hey, maybe, just maybe, you could be on your way to the moon in Not real me. life. Colonize it. Get up there. Start the Big J shop on the moon for people, though, for all their moon needs. You could sell that astronaut ice cream people seem to like so much. Morning After with Nick and Big J. There's your NASA update. We got your bad impressions next on the x Rock. <laughs> 100.3 The X. And Bad Impressions brought to you by Treasure Valley Subaru. It's more than just Subaru. They're the Idaho Center pre-owned superstore. And we have fantastic tickets for you this weekend out of Ford Idaho Center Arena. The Monster Jam coming to town. Uh, we'll get you tickets to March 11th. That's Friday, 7 p.m. showing. They do still have tickets available, by the way, for this event. 208-287-1003 is the phone number you need to call if you'd like to play Bad Impressions or truths like this. Big J has three clues. They point to somebody pretty famous. Figure out who that famous person is in those three clues or less. And congratulations, you're going to go check out the Monster Jam coming up on Friday night. Let's go to the phones. Hello, The X. Hey, how you doing? Hanging in there, man. What's your name? Hello, uh, James. All right, James, you're up first. Good luck. Who's going to love me sexy when the Flint, Michigan tropics are no more? Next. 
I enjoy playing flamboyant characters like Frank the Tank and Old School. Bring your green hat. Uh, Will Ferrell. There you go. Bam! Good job. Hang on one second, man. We'll hook you up with those Monster Jam tickets. What was Clue 3, just for fun? Step Brothers, The Ballad of Ricky Bobby, and of course, Anchorman, some of my better movies. And uh, Nick, uh, last night out there on the court at the Chase Center between the Warriors and the Clippers, uh, Will Ferrell made an appearance as Jackie Moon from... Semi-pro. Nice. What was he doing? Uh, well, apparently, <laughs> Clay Thompson, uh, his favorite, his all-time favorite character in a sports movie is Jackie Moon. Of course. Which is very weird. Uh, but uh, well, he, I mean, he is a basketball player. I suppose that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, but there's a lot of other basketball players out there, too. I mean, you know, but either way, uh, he had mentioned that in a press conference uh, not that long ago, and uh, they had that game there at the Chase Center, so who shows up but uh, Jackie Moon to come out and shoot a little uh, warm-up ball and uh, sink in some, uh, some shots from the half-court logo. Was he wearing his Flintropics jersey? Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it makes sense, too, that Will Ferrell is now officially changing allegiances of teams, considering he's very upset about the Lakers. Yeah, show that I he mean, wasn't cast in. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, it's something he helped try to develop, and Adam McKay screwed him over and brought in John C. Riley to play the part that he was going to play. I mean, that had been his dream. That's why he created Semi-Pro. So, yeah. Screwed him over big time. But, yeah, I noticed that, too. It wasn't a Lakers game. It was a Clippers game. Uh, but it was Warriors is what he was helping out, right? Yes. Technically at yes. the Warriors. But, yes, I can understand why he would change allegiances to teams, although I'm sure he's not. Once a fan, always Apparently, a fan. Clay has a, uh, a pretty uh, spot-on uh, Flint Tropics uniform as well that he's been uh, seen to be in. Why not? It's a good movie. Uh, it's been a while since I've uh, caught it, though. I love it, man. Will Arnett is in that. Yes, the announcer, right? Yes, Fantastic. one of them, and then another guy. God, Andy Daly, Andy I believe. Daly, is the other yeah, one. Uh, it's just a lot of fun. Former guest in the morning, Jive Turkey. Morning after with Nick and Big J, we wrap up the show here next on the X Rock. <laughs> Three Days Grace, my so-called life here on The Morning After with Nick and Big J. That's going to do it for us. Big J straight up hated the movie Last Seen in Idaho, which was the selection for streaming dumbass. He encourages you to avoid it at all costs. We found out that not only can you marry yourself, you can also get a divorce from yourself, which is good to know. And Big J has plans for when he dies. These are all things we talked about during the show today. Multiple plans in various situations. Very true. Depending on when it happens and where it happens, he has it all planned out. That leaves you with the floor, Big J. Yeah, you know what, everybody? Just hang in there. It's been a rough couple weeks. Gas prices getting high, all that stuff. Just, you know, it's not going to rain all all the time, to quote the crow. Is that uh, the pep talk Er that the, the community needed? I love it. I love it. Hopefully, you'll take that to heart. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's not great. But you know what? At least the last two years have been great, right, Big J? I mean, you know, we we're, we're due for some bad news. Oh, <laughs> morning no, after we've been in hell for three years. It with seems. Nick and Big J, that's gonna do it for us. Jason Drew's up next. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Have a good one. It's the X Rock. It's the morning after podcast brought to you by Idaho Advocates. You didn't deserve to be in an accident, but you do deserve an advocate. Make sure you hit them up on their website, IdahoAdvocates.com.